0: How's it going folks? How's it going? I'm Matthew and this is Christian Coffee Time. Thank you so much for joining in. And in this study, we're going to be taking a look at a topic that is about the identity of the Godhead. This is a highly contentious, confrontational topic. A lot of people have differing ideas and opinions and views and explanations. And there's a lot of weird stuff out there as well and ex- trying to explain god and who he is and how he works according to the word of god this is a kind of a spur of the moment uh hope, but it is one i've been wanting to do is just it just uh, kind of just placed on me just recently just to bring forward this study um there are some out there that have been accusing me falsely about uh the the godhead that i uh present in the bible studies and i want to refute those claims and some of those things as well. So this video is meant as a refutation against the roman catholic godhead and to refute the biblical errors, the doctrinal uh errors of modalism and sabellianism. Modalism is false, sabellianism is false and the roman catholic godhead is false. So I just want to get that out there right off the bat. I do not believe in modalism or Sabellianism or any of those kinds of things. And I'm going to be presenting to you the biblical description of the Godhead. And as the Bible does teach, there is a three-personal identity to God. There's a three-person identity to God. There is a trinity, though... I do just want to clarify, I personally don't really like to use those terms as those terms are Roman Catholic because we go back in time to the 300s in Rome, to the Roman Catholic Council of Nicaea, the Roman Catholic Council of Nicaea, which held Roman Catholic bishops, Roman Catholic scholars, Roman Catholic theologians, and they came up with the the Roman Catholic description of the Godhead. Now, they use, they, they use terms as trinity and trinitarianism and all this and trying to explain this. Now, there is a three-person identity. However, the way they presented it, Bible shows in this. So what I do ask folks is that you please listen in to the end of this this study. This is not meant to be an overly long study as I just want to present the facts and then allow you to do the study yourself. Take these things I've shown. I'll put the link in the description below of the study so you can go over it yourself. Um, And so I just want to put this out there so you can think of this. All right, so to understand this, to be able to understand and begin this study, you need to understand there are not three gods there aren't three gods the bible shows it's one god one lord and there's as the bible very clearly states i alone and the lord and there's none other beside me as the lord says there's only one god one lord one king one sovereign one god there aren't three gods so with that also the the Roman Catholic explanation of the Godhead is that there's three individual person beings and that, that Christ is lesser than the Father. No. The Bible shows that it's one God, one person. In him is a three-person identity that is all united in one equally. One equally. Okay, so that's key right there. So as we see in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So that's what we're going to be focusing on right there is the identity of the Christ, okay? All right, I already did, just did this entire thing just several minutes ago uh, on a pre-recording and then my whole program crashed. So now I'm doing it live. So I'm a little winded. And I'm trying to catch myself here to remember, okay, because I think I already said something when I didn't. Okay, so we're going to start with Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Now in this, if you read it carefully, if you look at the specific words, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government should be upon his shoulder. Child born, son given. And his names will be of the child born son given. His names will be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, capital G, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, child born son given. Why did the prophet Isaiah say the child born, son given would be called Father God? Or is he saying something else? Or is he saying this is who is coming down and will give himself to the people? Bear with me. Now, the next key we want to take a look at is 1 John 5, 7. 1 John 5, 7, we take a look at this. Now, some people say, well, that verse is not supposed to be there. Well, it is. It's supposed to be there because it's scripture. It's in the it's in the uh, the original Greek manuscripts. It's the part of the received text, the received manuscripts. It is scripture. If your Bible doesn't have First John five seven, you need a new Bible that has it. So First John five seven, there are three that bear record in heaven: the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. These three are one. Okay, now let's look at this. 1 John 5, 7, the three. Now, the first big mistake a lot of people make when trying to research and study this is they study catechism and not scripture. Ignore catechism. What does the Bible say? What does the verse say? Do the study of the verses. Now, in 1 John 5, 7, we take a look here. In 1 John 5, 7, there are three that bear record. What does bear record mean? The three that bear record. What does "bare record mean? Well, if you do a study on the Greek of "bare record, "bare record in the Koine Greek indicates three aspect nature characteristics of a person to demonstrate the identity of the person. Interesting. Like, for example, how I'm one person, right? There aren't three of me. There's only one of me, but I'm a husband, brother and uncle. These three are completely different than each other. They show aspects of my character, my identity, completely separate from each other. These three, husband, brother, uncle, bear record of me, these three are one. However, I'm limited. I'm limited and I can only show one aspect of my character at a time. That would be modalism. However, God is unlimited. He shows each of these aspects of his person simultaneously as he's all-powerful, all-seeing, all-knowing, everywhere-present, unlimited. Modalism says that there are three aspects of the Godhead that cannot coexist at the same time. That one aspect of God, of his Godhead, exists at a time, thus modes modalism. This is majorly wrong and it limits God. Sabellianism is also wrong. Sabellianism says the Father and the Son are of one substance. That the Father and Son are one person. This is also majorly wrong too. And Jesus even refutes this very clearly in his teachings. Okay, so there are three parts to God. The Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. These three are one in the same. That's what it means by these three are one. These three are one in the same, co-equal, equal. Now with this, we want to be very careful in explaining this because the way that some people explain it as three persons or these three aspect nature characteristics, some call it persons because it's three simultaneously descriptions, three simultaneous showings of God at the same time. Some call it persons, some call it the characteristic natures of God's representation. But you need to understand, there's not three individual person beings. There aren't three individual actual people, as I'll go on to explain. The three actual individual people is the Roman Catholic Godhead, where, where they separate it and split it, where the Bible doesn't show it. And I have biblical proof refuting that, and I want to show you this. So God is the father of all things as he's sovereign. He made it all he created it all He's the father of all creation as we see in Genesis. How did he make it? He spoke and made all things Thus he is the living word. He's the word that begat life He the, the word which is God the word that speaks and gives life Genesis John 1 and Ephesians 3 9 And God is spirit. God is spirit and we worship him in spirit and in truth. He is holy He is holy spirit john 14 these three father word holy spirit bear record of me god says of how i demonstrate myself god says like how i use the example of i'm a husband brother uncle but i'm limited god is the father is the word is the holy spirit he's unlimited he shows us up at the same time of all the all aspects here god is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth no man has seen god at any time and lived for god to show himself to mankind he must veil himself he must veil himself like the burning bush with moses the burning bush was the veil covering of god that it was the manifestation the visible image of god at that time he used the picture of the burning bush he used the pillar of cloud the pillar of fire the shekinah glory cloud upon the tabernacle and temple the body of jesus let's look at this Now, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So you see see Christ is not lesser than the Father. So we see equality there. Equal with God. But made himself of no reputation and took up on him the... Form. He took upon him the form, the distinction between the body and the spirit. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, verse 8, Philippians 2, 8, and being found in fashion as a man. How did he do that? We'll get to that in a second. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Okay, Isaiah 7, 14. The Lord himself shall give, you, shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive, shall bring forth the Son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. As Gabriel said to Mary, the Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and thou shalt be found with child. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you'll be found with child. The Holy Spirit. Jesus, the flesh and blood, veil covering visible image manifestation of the invisible god god was manifested in the flesh first timothy 316 we see colossians 2 9 is the second key isaiah 9 6 is the first colossians 2 9 is the second key colossians 2 9 in him dwelleth all the fullness of the godhead bodily what is the fullness of the godhead father word holy ghost the fullness of the godhead bodily the word which is god became flesh and dwelt among us if you've seen me you've seen the father receive ye my spirit and he breathed upon them the holy ghost the fullness of the godhead bodily is what it says jesus says the father is in me first timothy four ten, the living god who is the savior of all men first john 5 20 jesus christ the true god and eternal life the the physical image because we can't behold god as he is in his spiritual form he needs a veil covering between us like for example if i was to say you're not allowed to look at my hand but i put a glove on it and i say look at my hand i'm pointing out my glove but if you see my glove you've seen my hand my glove and my hand are one isaiah 9 6 is the best example of this The name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the mighty God, everlasting Father. Jesus is the manifestation of the Father in the flesh. In him, in the body, dwells the fullness of the Godhead, Colossians 10. In the body that God prepared, Hebrews chapter 10. A body thou hast prepared for me. A body thou hast prepared for me. No man hath seen God any time and lived, and God is spirit. Thus meaning nobody has seen the spirit of God. So God fashioned through Mary the body of Jesus to indwell and present himself to the people. Now, why? Because spirits can't bleed, spirits can't die. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. God purchased the church with his own blood. But God is spirit. How do spirits bleed and die? Okay. So with that, then you take Acts 20, 28, God purchased the church with his own blood. You want to pair that with Isaiah 9, 6, Colossians 2, 9, 1 John 5, 7 to explain to us what is the fullness of the Godhead. And in Philippians 2, 8, just as he always had a body of Jesus. Okay, so the body of Jesus is the covering of the Father. The created sacrifice for sins so God could die for the sins of the world. Acts 2028. 20, God purchased the church with his own blood. So God fashioned a body for himself so that he could, like he did for Abraham, the ram caught in the thicket by its horns. A thicket is a thorn bush, a ram, with thorns wrapped around its head. Jesus, the Lamb of God, crowned of thorns. So we see here. A foreshadowing picture with Abraham, Isaac, and the ram. There's only one God, one Lord, one Savior, and Jesus Christ is his name. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Philip says to Jesus, Master, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus says, how long have I been with you? And you do not yet know me, Philip. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the bodily flesh and blood, covering visible image of the invisible God, in, in, of the invisible God, the glove on the hand, the glove on the hand. Jesus is the body of God Himself. I and the Father are one. If you look at the names that uh, that the angels uh, give of the Christ Messiah, you look at what the prophets declare, you look at what Scripture shows. He's called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Okay, what is the Christ? Christ is anointed one, promised one, the prophesied one, the one of the prophets, Everlasting Father, Mighty God. The one whose ways are of old, of everlasting. That's who Christ is. Jesus is the Christ fleshly image. Jesus is the Mighty God, Everlasting Father in the flesh. The fleshly image, representative manifestation of this the holy spirit the spirit of christ came upon mary she conceived jesus the body of jesus is the first begotten of god but the spirit of the body as jesus says the father is in me colossians 2 9 in him dwelleth all the fullness of the godhead bodily the spirit of the body is christ christ is god's own spirit the spirit of Jesus, that, that, so we see a distinction between the body and the spirit. The body was fashioned, Philippians 2, 5 to 8. In Mary, Christ always was. He fashioned a body for himself so that he could give himself because he so loved the world. The so love of God is a self-sacrificing love of God. Greater love hath no man than this and a man who laid down his life for his friends. And that's what God did. God gave himself. But spirits can't bleed spirits can't die so he fashioned a body so he could now the holy spirit the spirit of christ came upon mary she conceived jesus the body of jesus is the first begotten of god but the spirit of jesus is christ the spirit of god the word of god of john 1 1 this union of spirit and flesh created the perfect unity of 100 man 100 god thus making the body of sacrifice for sins jesus the christ the lamb of god son of god only begotten of god god manifest in the flesh son of god means god the son jesus also said john chapter 20 verse 22 receive ye the holy spirit and then he breathed upon them the holy ghost he breathed upon them the Holy Spirit was from him. It is his own spirit that is the Holy Ghost. Jesus says the Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and uh, he'll teach you all things. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He shall be with you always. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The Holy Spirit will indwell you. He shall be in you and will teach you. And then Ephesians 3, 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Ephesians 3 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted in ground and grounded in love we cannot understand sometimes how all this works but one thing we must understand when we go through this is to understand the difference between the primary and the secondary doctrines okay now this does not mean that some doctrines are less important than others I'm not saying that I'm not denoting that I'm not Saying that in any way shape or form. I'm just saying this is the description, understanding that is given to the specific doctrines called the primary. Jesus and his divinity, that Jesus is God, manifest in the flesh, is salvationary. If you don't believe that, you go to hell. As Jesus said in John 8, 24, if you do not believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. I am means egoimi, the always existing one. Now, understanding specifically all of the details of how exactly the Godhead in and of itself works is not salvationary. Some people elevate that doctrine to primary level. That's error. You're adding to the gospel. It's to understand that Jesus is the Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shall be saved. It doesn't say believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and understand exactly how all the Godhead works. It doesn't say that. As long as you understand who Jesus is. Who Jesus is, is salvationary. So elevating a secondary doctrine to pri- uh, a secondary doctrine to primary doctrinal level is error. Don't do that. So therefore, some may not be able to grasp or fully comprehend and understand exactly how the Godhead operates and works. Though we believe this is what the Bible said how it works and only a god himself knows all of the specific details is again god is infinite and we are finite we are limited god is infinite first flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the gentiles believed on in the world received up into glory first timothy 316 john chapter was one, one to two in the beginning was the word and the and the word was with god and the word was god the same as in the beginning with god john 1:14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us we beheld his glory the glories of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth also in genesis it says that god created all things that the spirit of god moved upon the waters god's own spirit moved upon the waters and then he spoke and made all things hebrews 1:2 hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds John 1 1 to 3 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with God, and the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. All things are made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Ephesians 3, verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden but who created all things by Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God. The word, the Christ spirit, the spirit of God came down in the flesh, came down, manifested in the flesh. Jesus is the manifestation, the representation, the physical image, the visible image of the invisible God who is creator. Creator God came down and showed himself in bodily form. That's what it says right there. Christ Jesus created all creation. His spirit. Moved upon the waters his spirit indwells the heart of every believer His spirit is the spirit of the creator of the universe That's what scripture says Christ the spirit of the son of God is the word The second of the biblical Trinity as we would explain it of the biblical Trinity Which is all co-equal and has always existed and forever always will jesus the body the begotten son philippians 2 5 to 8 isaiah 14 isaiah 9 6 micah 5 2 was fashioned by god so that we might behold him as gabriel said to mary in luke 1:35, that the holy ghost the spirit of god would come upon her and in her would-be fashioned the body of God for God's purpose to be used by God for the sacrifice for the sins of the world, John 3.16, 1 John 2.2. 2. Acts 20.28, 20, God purchased the church with His own blood. And after the resurrection, He was eternally united in body and spirit as Jesus the Christ. God and man united together in one person, Christ Jesus, which is the picture of salvation of man being united again to God through christ jesus and jesus christ then ascended to the father in body where he sits on the right hand of god the father in person as body and spirit as christ jesus the lord god the atonement for all sins so we see a picture here as well as why is jesus seated on the right hand then that is that that is denoting the eternal atonement of the only sacrifice for sins that would go through the the, this we go through the altar to get to God, as you had to go through the altar of sacrifice before you could get to the holiest of holies. That to get yourself right with God, you got to go through sacrifice. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So to get to the Father, you got to go through Jesus, you got to go through the body, you got to go through the sacrifice, you got to go through the Lamb, gotta go through the blood. So again, we may not be able to perceive god to understand him in all his form and all his likeness and all uh, way he is but we know that he is always has been and forever will be we cannot understand him but we believe him there's only one god one savior one father one holy spirit one king only one to be worshipped all knees will bow to him all tongues will confess to him to the name above all names christ jesus our lord first john five twenty. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. John 20, verses 20, 29. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. Thomas says, My Lord and my God and when you look at the greek on that when you put lord god together that means jehovah god thomas called jesus jehovah god so when we look at all these things that what the biblical godhead is one person who shows himself by these three different ways simultaneously not limiting one iota as god is infinite in all ways and all things and all power and he's omnipresent omniscient all knowing he shows up he shows That how he is the Father, he is the Word, and he is Holy Spirit. He seals and talks and saves and shows by his own person. That's who God is. It's not three persons. It's a three personal identity of these three manifestations. But it's one individual person who sits on the throne. There aren't three individual persons. It's one person who shows up by these three ways. But if you want to show up these three ways, you want to call it persons, fine you want to call it characteristic nature's fine but just as long as you understand it the roman catholic description of the godhead of three individual person beings is wrong the catholics are wrong that comes from the roman catholic council of nicaea which is wrong so there's a true biblical trinity of the triune nature of the three personal natures the three personal identities of god so This is what the Bible says. If you disagree, you disagree, okay, fine. But as long as you also understand that understanding exactly how the fullness of the Godhead works is not salvationary. It's not salvationary. Some people might say because you don't believe that the the explanation of the Godhead, like I do, you're not saved. They're in biblical error because they're adding to the gospel. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're saved. As long as you understand that Jesus is God. That Jesus is divine. Jesus is the Christ, which is the mighty God, everlasting Father, the Messiah, the Christ, who would come for the sins of all his people. That God would die for the sins of all the world. So there you go. I hope you understand that. And again, some add-on uh, things to add on here. Some people might say, well, why was Jesus saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me on the cross? Jesus saying, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? is actually quoting Psalm 22. Psalm 22, verse 1, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Why are thou so far from my roaring? Psalm 22 is a prophetic psalm of the death of the Christ Messiah. Jesus quoting that on the cross to the crowd so they might remember Psalm 22, and might realize who he is he was still preaching to them while he was on the cross jesus praying to the father the word praying it just is old english denoting holding conversation in old english i would say i pray ye as an invitation to conversation to discourse so the son is speaking to the father that's what that means so i hope that helps i hope this this uh, comforts you hope this gives some explanation to some of these things and i hope that you'll go through this do the study yourself go through all this i'll put the the link to this study in the description below please go through it study this read this and again i do not believe in the roman catholic description of the godhead i do not believe in modalism i do not believe in sabellianism those are completely false completely wrong in every degree and what i showed you showing you from the bible itself is the biblical explanation of the triune biblical triune godhead so i hope that this helps and gives some understanding and you're able to get this all right so to go through the comments real quickly all right Wablu blue says no worries you in the equipment <laughs> yeah i know and uh, the godhead is easy he's the creator jesus has been historically proven the holy spirit seems amazing. okay kingdom soldier says i have a question if everything that god made is good why does the son giving humans cancer <laughs> all right now what you're uh, looking at there is a result of all of the negativity is god cursed all creation after the rebellion of adam so when Adam and Eve sinned against God, we see God cursing cursing all things and cursing uh, creation a, as a result, because sin now has come in and corrupted all things. So God gave the decree about how the curse of sin is upon all creation, and now we see negativity, we see pain, we see death and destruction and chaos and all this stuff as a result of the fall of sin. So you want to look at the fall of sin and all that, as Paris Vaughn went and explained just what I said okay so uh, Heidi says awesome how Jesus is so intelligent amen amen okay uh, CD I believe unit uh, Protestants reject Jesus words in John 653 they don't know the logic of interpreting the Bible which is to not depart from the literal sense except only where it necessarily requires it Okay, let's look at John 653 now in John you said John, sorry, where where'd you go? John 6.53. Make sure I get that right. Jesus said, Then very very I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Uh, that again, as Jesus is talking about this, is giving his body, giving, giving his blood, as we see that, that as a lamb would give its flesh and give its blood, there must be a death and shedding of blood for the remission of sins. Jesus, the Lamb of God, which would take away the sin of the world. So we see that it's not transubstantiationism, which is Roman Catholic heresy of the magic Eucharist Ario thing, where they believe you literally, literally have to eat his body, cannibalize Jesus and literally drink his blood which they believe the wafer becomes the flesh and the wine becomes the blood which is not what jesus says if you look at the end of, of the chapter he said jesus says my words are life my words are life my words are salvation when you look at his words his teaching his doctrine you believe on the lord jesus christ thou shalt be saved you're saved by belief alone because uh, again it's for by grace they saved through faith catholicism and that and that uh, holds to the transubstantiationism doctrines is error and is not biblical gospel okay Protestants are heretics Well you need to actually go and read your Bible okay and we go down through here Richard Perkins hi would you be interested in your opinion on the variant apparitions that's Roman Catholic that's Roman Catholic and Roman Catholicism focuses on Mary, the goddess, they say Mary is the advocate, Mary's the mediator, Mary's the intercessor, Mary's the grand, grand redemptress, she hears the prayers of all saints, she's full of grace, where John 1.14 says that the word which is God, full of grace and truth, so they literally giving Mary, uh, aspects of divinity, saying she hears all things. So she's all hearing, all knowing, like God. She's full of grace, meaning meaning infinite of grace, just like God is. So they are literally elevating Mary to Godship. And so focus on Mary for salvation, for help, for comfort. She hears our prayers. She forgives us. That's heresy to the nth degree. That's idol worship. And that's uh, that's idolatry. So again, the Marian apparitions, so well, Satan can appear as an angel of light and his ministers can appear as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their work that their works are to lead people astray away from the Word of God away from the truth of God into the Roman Catholic doctrines Because the Marian apparitions are all Roman Catholic and Roman Catholicism is not biblical it's not Christian at all you atone for your own sins in purgatory your sins can be forgiven by eating a magic Oreo and a guy dressed as mother wanting to be called father sitting in a wooden box can forgive your sins and that you, you get dunked in water and that forgives sins and Mary can forgive your sins and saints can intercede for you none of that is in the bible whatsoever that they're a false religion that needs to repent and believe in the lord jesus christ of scripture all right so with this again this study is meant for this uh, uh, this focus on explaining the godhead and understanding who christ is understanding who jesus is according to the word of god jesus is the christ the mighty god manifest in the flesh so i hope that this study has been a help and a comfort to you so i don't want to override this with other too much of other things i'll be back again with another uh shortly uh, i'll be off tomorrow but i'll be back again on this coming friday so I hope that this has been a help to you and a comfort to you. Please consider this. Please re-watch this broadcast. Take a look at the notes. I'll be putting my notes in the description below. And I hope this has been a help and a comfort to you. So God bless you, folks. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again, folks. If you like this study, please give this a like, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell icon so you know when we put up new videos. And check out all the other playlists and all the other things. I'll be adding this video to the playlist, According to the Bible. Please check that playlist out as i got tons of other uh, quick descriptions of topics and things that you'll find very interesting. So God bless you, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.